Hey guys, this is Aisha Shelton. And this is Kevin Shelton. Welcome back to Marriage and Real Estate. How are you guys doing? It's the longest day of the year today. The longest day of the year. It's definitely been the longest day of our, our year. It has been. It's the summer solstice. Ah, that's what it is. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, this week's episode, we are excited to talk to you guys about love and... Budgets. There we go. So, we're going to start off kicking it off with our marriage portion, as always. And we want to talk about the five love languages. Yep, yep. So, this week, um, one of our book recommendations is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. But we want to go into how we use the love languages in our relationship and uh, how we make sure that we're keeping our love tanks full in our marriage so that we can then put that energy into our business. And we should even share how uh, we have some misses with our love languages too. Like no, true story. How we have to be reminded of what the other person needs. <laughs> like grace and... What is it? What did you say? Grace and... Kindness. Grace, grace and kindness. And kindness. <laughs> That's grace not a love language, but I certainly need that. Grace and kindness. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So let's give an overview. So, The Five Love Languages is a great book. We were actually gifted uh, The Five Love Languages book by some of our marriage mentors, Rodney and Val. Shout out to Rodney and Val. Shout out to Rodney and Val. And the the whole premise of the book is that everybody breaks themselves down into um, five different categories of, of love, right? Or, or they relate in five different ways. So, The Five Love Languages are... Words of affirmation, which these are, you know, kind, encouraging words, building somebody else up with language, stuff like that. Uh, the second love language is physical touch. So these are your huggers. These are your people who want to, you know, be close, snuggle up on the couch, all that good jazz. And then you have receiving gifts. So if you've ever seen somebody like, uh, I want a gift, don't, don't give me a hug, don't spend time with me, I want... The Louis bags and Gucci bags, that's that's receiving gifts. And then quality time. You have the folks who don't care about all the, the foo-foo stuff or the materialistic things. They just really want you to spend some good time with them. And then finally, dun-dun-dun, you have acts of service. <laughs> oh, you saved the best for last there, Save huh? Saved the best for last. <laughs> uh, if, if you can't tell by my tone, acts of service is my love language. So people who love acts of service are amazing people. Right. And these are the people who lead the earth with all the amazing things that we do and want then done for us and, and uh, to us. So acts of service is the fifth love language. And... The best love language. Right. The best love language. I'm, I'm sure in the book, Gary Chapman says that no love language is better than the other. So <laughs> we're just going to go off the premise that all of the love languages are great. And really, when you think about it, there, I mean, you can't have a best love language because the book talks about like loving your partner where they are. Right. So That's true. it's not about best it's about understanding what the needs of your partner is and you meeting that need and so naturally you usually uh give love in your own love language 
right? So Kevin is uh, acts of service and he gives great acts of service love. I mean, amazing acts of service love. Um, the kind of love that is very Instagrammable. And if you follow us on Instagram, you may have seen some of that. Um, and so that is great. Like acts of service, I, I love his acts of service, but it's not my love language, right? So my love language is quality time. And so even though Kevin does some really amazing acts of service, it doesn't resonate with me because... Your love language is an acts of service. Because my love language is an acts of service. And so I just think that it's a cool book um, for people, for couples, because... There's this constant battle, right, between what you want and what someone else needs. And so you keep trying to shove what you want down somebody else's throat when they completely need something else. Um, and I don't think that doesn't mean you you shouldn't give your love language, too, because I would never ask you to stop giving me acts of service. <laughs> I bet you would. <laughs> um, but I would love um quality time you know just me and you that's my thing and so uh, let me give a story so right. we just went on a, a trip to new orleans it was quality time a quality time trip i didn't work the whole time you didn't. and that's a good sign for me when i'm not working that means i'm actually relaxing resting. yeah, yeah. So, uh, we went to new orleans and it's funny because love languages can kind of merge right so like for me my love language is acts of service and in my acts of service some of those things can be quality time so we went on a gator tour swamp tour mm -hmm. what, is it, what is it called gator tour it was a gator swamp tour gator swamp tour <laughs> so now in the course of love love can make you braver right so there was a bee or something so I'm flying around this boat. And Aisha's like, oh, no, there's a bee. And she's like freaking out. I'm like, man, bump this bee. Because for me, in my acts of service mode, I'll do whatever to make her happy. So I'm like, I'll fight this bee. I'll like, you know, jump in the water and fight a gator if I have to or whatever. So um, anyway, the bee flew into one of the wooden benches and like nested inside the bench. It was a crack in the bench and the bee flew into the bench. Now, everybody on this whole boat, it's like 40, 50 people on this boat. They're freaking out. And I'm like, well, my wife doesn't like this bee. So I got to figure out a solution. So I go ask the driver. I'm like, hey, my man, you got some, some tape or something? So he had a roll of electrical tape. So me being Johnny on the spot, builder guy, I take the electrical tape, break off a piece, wait until the bee flies into the crack in the bench. I take the tape and then trap the bee inside the bench. Now, the guy was like, oh, well, those are carpenter bees. He's just going to drill himself out. Well, I said, well, if it drills itself out, I'm going to just kill the bee. But for right now, it's trapped inside the bench. And uh, it allowed our ride to be much more comfortable. And my wife was no longer freaked out. And we could enjoy our quality time because of my act of service. What? Oh. <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, Did you just put that together? I just put it together. Are you serious? It's amazing. 
See? I think we would have enjoyed our quality time if you wouldn't have trapped the poor little bee in the bench. Oh, not a bee is poor when you're freaking out. It wasn't was a poor, poor bee. It was bee. a big, imposing bee. It was a bee. Whatever, bro. <laughs> anyway. The point is, um, you know, if I'm, it's a very popular book. Lots of people have heard of it. But it's really good to use in your everyday marriage. And it really helps to um, help the two of you understand one another and meet each other's needs. And so, I mean, I'm just a big fan of Gary Chapman's book. And they even have groups. um, And they have workbooks, too. And workbooks as well. Right about gave us some workbooks, too. That I think can only enhance your relationship, right? Yeah, so, you know, for us... Yeah, we we do business and yeah, we we love real estate. But the first thing is really loving each other and figuring out how to be the best married couple that we can be. The best Kevin and Aisha for Kevin and Aisha. And that starts with investing in our relationship and investing and figuring it out, right? Because no marriage is perfect and no marriage has um, a smooth journey all the way. But if you if you consistently pursue making your marriage the best it can be and being the best version of yourself for your partner um, and for yourself, you'll end up much farther along and you'll have a marriage that can stand the test of time because you have made that, you know, early investment. Yeah. And that sounds really good. But to be honest with you guys, we fall off of this whole love language thing and so you know just like with um dieting or doing anything new it's difficult to you might start off with you know a bang and you like oh i just read the five love languages i'm about to give every day all of this acts of service and then you know a week later two weeks later i'm back to just wanting quality time or like Mm. hey listen let's hang out let's go to the movies let's sit on the couch and just hold each other i mean (laughs) let's get this quite you know and i'm trying to give him love in that way or kevin is giving acts of service lots of acts of service and not quality time i'm like hey yeah let me wash your car as i run out the door yeah. Right, to a construction project. So, exactly. Um, it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder to one another. And, you know, as you listen to this episode, let it serve as a good reminder to you all as well. Like, if you've read the book, which, you know, a lot of people have, if you read the book, like, refresh it and kind of check in with your spouse or your partner and say, um, am I, am I, like, meeting your love language what was your love language again yeah Uh, and there's a quiz out there um the book has a a great quiz so if you don't know your love language if these things don't really resonate with you uh, or if they do resonate with you i'd say uh if you go on the um five love languages website if you check out some of the the facebook groups you can get a lot more information um and the cool part about it is Everybody is different, and some people likes, you know, um, somebody like, not likes, but some people like a combination of things. So you could be acts of service and receiving gifts. You know, you could be words of affirmation and you want a little physical touch. Mm -hmm. It really just depends on you, and everybody's different. So the key is to match what your partner needs and love them in their love language 
not in your love language, and then to gracefully and kindly hold your partner accountable to keep your love tank full. Okay, I like that. There we gracefully go. and kindly oh, hold your partner accountable. See that? Yes. See that? I got okay, it. I get better. Shelter. I get better you with do. time. I'm like wine. You are like wine. Mmm, <laughs> wine. Mm. <laughs> uh, you having no wine? For no I'm wine. not. I'm not. So that's that's what we have for you guys for marriage this week is you know, checking on your spouse on their love language. And if you have not heard of this book, then you guys should pick it up and definitely um, learn a thing or two together. And I think we mentioned this before, but Kevin and I really try to read the same book together because it's kind of it. It's really cool to absorb the information at the same time and then we can apply the information at the same time. It kind of sucks when you read a really great book and learn some really great tactics that can enhance your marriage and your partner is kind of like, oh, okay, because they haven't haven't consumed uh, the same information. So we highly implore you guys to make that a part of, um, you know, making your marriage great. Yeah, for all the books I read, uh, every year, at least forty percent of those, uh, maybe maybe a little bit less, but at least twenty out of seventy are books that I read with Aisha, and uh, we read them together at the same time. We discuss them, we um, consume the information together, so we can produce the same result in our marriage mm-hmm. and uh, and in our business. So um, please reach out to us, uh, comment. Drop us lines. We love notes. I just want to say, the side note, but the outpouring of affection that we've been getting from you guys has been absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, amazing couples have reached out to us, told us you know, how much they've enjoyed the podcast, what they've learned, uh, maybe some things they'd like to see. And we really, 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 really appreciate it and really, 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 really love it. So please, please, please. Any topics you guys want us to talk about or tackle um, or anything you guys want us to to make sure that uh, you get out of this podcast. This is as much for you um, as it is for us. And we want to make sure that not only are you getting great real estate and business info, but also that that marriage part is number one. Because you can't do you can't do one without the other. Yeah. So awesome. Now we're going to talk about. Business and budgets and construction and stuff. Oh, this is Kevin's favorite part, guys. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? (laughs) Drum roll. (laughs) Budget talk. Budget talk. So So we're going to talk about project budgets. Project budgets. All right. So to break it down, um, essentially every single real estate project, every single project at your house everything that you want to do that's that's requires capital or time or whatever should have a budget associated mm-hmm. and there's a philosophy that goes with that budgeting and it's more of a mindset than anything else because at the end of the day numbers are numbers but it's it's your approach and your mindset to it that really matters so we're going to take an example project and we're going to talk about a budget So I want to take something super, super simple, and I'm going to take um, our first flip. And with with this project, um, our approach to it was 
to make the house as functional and nice and luxurious as uh, we can as we cannot afford but as makes sense for the comps and for the area so we don't want to over improve but we don't want to under improve we want to be slightly above the competition so we based our budget based on that so and I'm not going to go into hairy details. I know we talked about it before, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of going to just talk about our philosophy. So when we initially look at any house, any deal, we look at what's wrong, right? What we'd ideally like to achieve. So what the comps show, right? Um, what has to be fixed as far as kind of needs list and then a wish list on what, you know, if we have any money left over, what do we like to do? And by by taking that kind of four four figure approach or four item approach, it helps us establish a criteria that then we can go into a budget. So um, with this first project, we looked at what's wrong. The house had been vacant for three years. Uh, it had been broken into several times. They had pets and all kind of horrible things. Um, pets had, aren't horrible. Well. Pet urine is horrible. <laughs> Pet urine was horrible. And and rotted out all the floorboards in this right. house. So what did it need? It needed floorboards and flooring. It needed new doors. It needed uh, a lot of repair. What uh, what did the comps show? So a lot of the comps in this neighborhood were newer homes that uh, had you know fresh granite and nice cabinetry and maybe laminate flooring and all that good jazz. So that's what it needed and then that's kind of what the comp showed to where you want to be and then the next is what you want right so what do we want to do we want to be slightly above the competition so how do we do that well maybe we we have a fresh approach in our design we put some nice light fixtures or we put uh, a really nice graded carpet or something like that so we kind of created a list of what would be great if we could have it and not so great, uh, or, or what could be great if we have it, if we didn't have to have it, you know, that could still work, but what would be really awesome if we could put it in the house? So like an island, or uh, all new plumbing fixtures, stuff like that. And then we looked finally at what the house absolutely needs, so kind of a drop down list. So we took that list of what's wrong, plus mechanically and, and from a systematic standpoint, what the house absolutely had to have to just be in compliance, and we made that that have-to-do list. So we knew from that would be flooring, uh, electrical repairs, HVAC maintenance, plumbing fixtures, uh, painting, drywall repair, front doors and back doors, security, roofing repair, all those things we looked at so that we can make sure that we're in compliance with FHA or conventional lending standards. So that sounds like a whole bunch of information before we even got to numbers, <laughs> but it speaks to what you want to think about before you start putting the numbers together because the numbers for themselves are just numbers if they don't mean anything. Right. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say, and it'll probably lead right into you talking about the numbers, is that um, a budget is a living document, right? Mm -hmm. So it's constantly changing. 
and you have your projections and then your actuals and it really dictates what you can and can't do with your project right so if you have to spend more than you projected on plumbing than you expected then that can take away from some of those fancy finishes that you may have wanted in the home and so for us kevin is the creative and if you let kevin go kevin can go and make very very beautiful things but that costs money right so as the budget as the project progresses on the budget kind of dictate dictates you know how fancy those upgrades can be depending on what we're working on here's a perfect example of that so i love back doors with blinds built into mm-hmm. them and Aisha does not like to spend. Now, in reality, it's like $100 extra a door, maybe $120 extra a door. But in this project, we had to ultimately spend a little bit more on, I want to say, light fixtures or something. It was mm-hmm. some line item we had to spend more on. And the first thing on the chopping block was my fancy back door. And as much as I love that back door, Aisha wasn't having it. She was like, yo, bro. It doesn't need it. It's not on the needs list. It's on the wants list. So, yeah, it would be great, but we got to spend money on X, Y, Z, and it's not going to happen. And and I think it's important that, that there's that balance there, right? Because also there's been times where Kevin has had, you know, said a hard no. Like, it has to be this 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 light fixture has to be i'm like well how much was that light fixture he was like it has to be this it has to be this level it has to be this quality and i i have to say that i've never been disappointed and it always kind of worked out you know what i mean and i don't know if it was a chandelier or a light fixture or something that i was kind of like pushing back on and you were kind of like nah this I, i understand how much it costs but no and it was a real um pleaser for you know people who came to see the house like they really liked it so um there there definitely has to be a balance because if i let my creative go i mean beautiful homes i mean really beautiful stuff but man the profit (laughs) would get eaten up in all the beauty you know it's like it's really beautiful then we're gonna be really broke (laughs) or 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 really sad when we walk away with a smaller amount of money than we could. But no, nah, I mean we just had that on a project we're working on right now. So the the house is originally framed out with eight foot doors all throughout the first floor and I'm like, Oh, I love these eight foot doors. But eight foot doors are two hundred dollars more per door than my regular doors and I'm like, Okay, well I'm just gonna spend I just like, No, you're not. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. Frame them down. And I listen because at the end of the day, this is a partnership. Um, and it, it does take two people holding each other accountable. And it's a check and a balance, right? Like, if you didn't have Congress, the president's going to do what he wants. <laughs> and if you didn't have, you know, the president, Congress might be a little bit crazy. So it really just depends. But um, for us, that two two partner approach helps us keep in line with not only what our needs are, but also, you know, get a little bit of those wants in there. And sometimes um, those things merge to, to just ultimately make it a highly desirable house that's somewhat in your budget range 
and highly profitable. Yeah, and I can see this being a, a place in a in a couple business in a business where you know a couple are working together where this can be a really um, tense point. You know what I mean? Where there's mm-hmm. lots of arguments um, about about this. And the one thing I'll say about that is um, for each person to learn to give a little and mm-hmm. and to give up a little. You know what I mean? Um, even though you think you might be right, sometimes you can just kind of, okay, you can have you. I'll let you have this one, and then come back on something else. So choose your battles wisely when it comes to the budget and what you can afford in a project and what you can't afford. Um, don't let one person go overboard by being too conservative, or let someone else, the other person go overboard by being you know, too liberal with the budget, but try to find that balance and try to have a little bit of give and take. Cause I imagine that that could be a, a point of contention um, when it comes to those kinds of decisions. No, true story, true story. So now the numbers, right? So um, I don't have a big spreadsheet in front of me, so I'm not gonna like drill down into to hard numbers. What I, what I am gonna talk about is how you create the numbers for your budget especially in real estate or in anything that you want to do. And that's to go to the people who, who do this every day. So I'm a contractor. And even though I'm a contractor, I go to my subcontractors because my subcontractors, you know, they're hanging drywall every day. They're painting houses every day. They're going to be able to give me a good litmus test on what something's going to cost. I have my own hopes and dreams of what I can pay for something. But one one of the things that I've learned to do is to listen to trusted advisors. So for those of you who uh, are very interested in real estate or are in real estate and maybe um, transition into a different part of real estate, I want to get into more of a construction side. Uh, this is for you. You need to have a team of trusted people that when you have a project or a deal that you're evaluating can give you good information to help you make a decision. So whenever I'm creating construction budgets, I rely on those vendors to help me do that. So if I want to know, okay, my my electrical material costs X, I'm going to ask my electrician. I might ask three electricians and say, hey, you know, what would you, what kind of materials would you put in this house? Is it number 14 wire? Is it number 12 wire? Is it number 10 wire? Whatever. Um, And that's going to give me a good base point to know, okay, I can spend this much on materials. I'm going to ask him, okay, how much would you charge me for labor to install all this stuff? And then I'll take those three bids from those three contractors and I'll average them out and that will establish my budget. And I'll do that for every line item of scope. So if I want to know drywall, I'm going to ask three drywallers what their price is for install. I'm going to go to three supply houses and find out what their price is to supply. And then I'm going to average those things out and put together my preliminary budget. What Aisha was talking about earlier is very true. A budget is a living document. So you establish your baseline budget, and then once you have your baseline budget established, you go into what's called an actual budget versus projected. So I'll take my baseline budget, and I'll have it in one column, and then I'll copy that over to my projected budget. This is what you know I'm planning for it to cost me. And sometimes the actual and or sometimes the projected and the baseline don't match. It's based on the information that you have at the time. So if we get into a project and I have my baseline budget, that that projected budget may increase. 
and then you have your actuals. So then you have what each thing actually costs as you're issuing contracts to subs. But that gives you a total picture of an entire project. So for us, that's the way that we budget and it, it helps us achieve our real estate goals and our business goals. And we do that everything from a backyard party to um, a $300,000 house. It just really uh, helps us stay in tune with what the numbers actually are versus what we want them to be and keeps us on our path to, you know, essentially achieve our financial dreams over and over again. So. Love and budgets. Love and budgets. Five love languages and budgets for your rehab or construction project or whatever kind of real estate project you're working on. Yep, yep. Um, we like to give book recommendations as well. Yep, so now we're at the book recommendation segment. Soon we're going to have music for all these segments. I'm going to freak it out. I'm One of these right. days, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're, we're just starting. Um, so, obviously, if you haven't figured it out yet, the five love languages is a book recommendation. And that's not just for people who haven't read it or uh, heard of it before. It's also for people who haven't picked it up in a while. Um, pick that book up and refresh yourself on, on those love languages and recommit yourself to um, loving your spouse in their language. And, you know, I'll definitely do the same. Yeah. Um, so my book recommendation this week is The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Oh, man, that's a good one. It's a great book. So uh, I love this book because what this book allows you to do is to get out of your own way. A lot of times when it comes to making decisions or taking risk or getting up and washing the dishes, mm -hmm. we give ourselves outs and excuses over and over again and it stops us from uh, being successful. So we're an inch away from success and that inch is normally an inch of our own BS, all right? So we wanna make sure that uh, we are overcoming our own objections that we create in our mind and this book is all about that so it's five four three two one do it right five four three two one do what you need to do whatever that is from washing those dishes to making that phone call to getting up for work to running that half marathon don't give yourself the time to come up with reasons why you can't do it and that's what the five second rule is all about you know yeah. uh don't it it helps to give you a tactic to stop you from stopping yourself. Yeah, yeah. So this has been marriage and, and <laughs> okay. So we actually have a, about two minutes worth of housekeeping. We do just before we sign off. Uh, so we have some exciting things. We've actually been working really hard behind the scenes to put some things together. Uh, so we have some some great things we're going to be rolling out over the month of July that we want you guys to, to look forward to. So we have uh, the announcement of Marriage and Real Estate Society. Okay. Which will be launching August 1st. And there'll be more details to come throughout the month of July. But essentially, uh, we're going to put all these groups of all these uh, amazing couples together. Everybody who's interested in improving their marriage and improving their financial situation or learn more about real estate. We're going to get everybody together. So this will be uh, an amazing group 
of highly, highly motivated couples that are looking to live their best life. And uh, we are super, super excited to be launching this, guys. So please look out for information for that. We also have uh, some very interesting things happening on our social media. We have uh, some some new photos that we're very excited about okay. taking. Uh, and then we also are launching some, some new ways that you guys can reach out to us. So there'll be some some options for you to get in touch, whether that's a phone call or, or a meetup or something like that. So we want to connect with you guys throughout the country, throughout the city. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, please DM us, email us, MNR podcast at KNA Companies. Please reach out to us on social at Aisha Shelton and at Kevin Shelton at Marriage and Real Estate at KNA Companies. At the million other companies okay, we have. Okay, I was like, don't we add all of do it. All that. Yeah. But you can definitely reach us at, at Kevin Shelton and at Aisha Shelton, A Y E S H A Shelton and K E V A N Shelton. That didn't sound as smooth. <laughs> anyway, so with all that being said, we love you guys. Uh, we're definitely excited. For everything to come, if you're just starting out on your journey or if you've been out on a while, uh, we wish you the best. We got nothing but love and motivation for you guys. And this is Marriage and Real Estate. Peace out.